Hey everyone, welcome to the Enduring Churches podcast. This is the place where we talk about all things related to churches and pastors and leadership and helping you endure. And, uh, you know, sometimes we talk about stuff that is tough. Sometimes we talk about things that are easy. But, um, and sometimes we talk about things that nobody else wants to talk about. Uh, we've been doing this for almost four years. We've been doing this podcast and we're excited today we get to record. We are recording as uh, we're doing this, our 200th episode and more than that. Alan will tell you a little bit more about that. But uh, Alan is here with me and this, so together we do the Enduring Churches podcast. Yeah, I can't believe it. 200. We were actually trying to remember when we started. It doesn't feel like it's been almost four years, but it has been almost four years of recording. We record um, something almost every week. There's been a couple of times where we've um, re-released an older episode, but 200. We actually have 213 or something like that. We have some interviews that were some bonus um, episodes we've done in the past. Now, if we do an interview, we just kind of plug it into the regular uh, part of what we do, but man, it has been a journey, and we'll probably ca- catch through some of that as we're kind of talking about it, but we kind of thought it would be uh, neat to talk about some of the things that we've just observed in the time that we've been doing this podcast, because things have changed a lot in this time. Yeah, in the last four years, golly, so that was we figured out it was March, March Madness, how literal that is, because it was, um, that was 2018, right? And uh, so there's been a lot of madness that has happened in our world since that time. And so, yeah, this it's just crazy. And it's changed a lot of the way that we look at things, the way that we react to things, the way that we do church, um, and the way that we encourage leaders. And so... Yeah, there's a bunch that has changed, Alan. Yeah, and we've changed personally. We've ta- each taken on new roles from the time that we started. And so we have a, a lot of different things to, to look back on. And we actually have a list of eight things. We Five wasn't ambitious enough and 10 was too ambitious. So we thought we'd <laughs> kind of meet it right in the middle there. But that's what we do. So um, so anyway, Trent, let's, why don't we talk about our, our little list of things that we've, we've put together and just these are some of the revelations that that we have and the first one was easy right i mean mm-hmm. we know a whole lot less than we thought we did <laughs> yeah so when you say that Ellen, that makes me think about our first conversations as we were thinking about doing this and you know both you and i were like well we've learned a lot of things over the years because we had been pastoring and in ministry for a long time and we wanted to be able to use some of that and help other people with what we had and we thought we knew so much more then but now we're like okay we're we don't know all that much and, and especially as we've had the interviews with other folks that are much smarter than us we man i've gained a lot as i've listened to those yeah i guess the good news is we're still learning um the bad news is i'm a slow student i guess i don't know but <laughs> yeah but i don't know as much as I thought I did. I really thought I had a lot of things figured out and maybe I didn't have those figured out um, as well as I do. Um, when we talk to you, I mean, we we are going from our experience and, and from our, our best recollection, but we also get that 
we don't know every circumstance and we don't know what you've been through. And so we know, we know we don't have it all put together, but we are on a journey to do that. And that's why these conversations, a lot of times are, are us working through those issues that we face. Yeah. And I know that we haven't shared this a whole lot recently, but I, at this point, I just want to say, we really do want to have a conversation with you and be able to allow you to, to speak into this, this type of recording of our podcast by going, you can go to enduringchurches.com and you can connect with us and, and send us a message and give us some info. Maybe you have a story idea, something that we ought to do in the future and, and teach us where we are learning people. We, we like to be learning about things. And so we want to learn from you. That is true. That's true. So help us out. We'd love to love to hear for you. And that kind of leads us into a second one. We're always better when we work together. And, you know, one of the realities that I'm seeing is that the Lone Ranger pastor um, is just too prominent. There are too many pastors out there doing ministry isolated and alone. And that is a huge problem, especially as we see ministry become more co-vocational, bivocational. Um, you cannot afford um, to be separated from other people who are doing the work of ministry. And so, Alan, what causes that? What, I mean, let's just talk about that for a second. What causes a pastor to be separated? And so I want you to think about I, I'm I'm thinking that a, that's a really a tool of Satan because he wants us to be separated from the body. And that means other pastors are part of the body as well. And some, some accountability, some encouragement, Satan wants us to be separated from that. And so what is it that he uses to separate us out? Do you think? Well, I think a lot of them is the time factor that we feel that that time is could be better spent instead of um, sharing the workload, taking it all upon ourselves. And we don't, we're not intentional enough about carving out time um, to be with other people who are doing the work of ministry. And you do have to carve it out. It's, it's not easy to do. I always go back, I guess maybe almost the an underlying theme of our show now is what Elijah went through. You know, he had the greatest moment of his ministry when he defeated the prophets of Baal. And then the next scene is him alone whining in a cave. And here's a guy who had the highest of highs, and then he came to the lowest of lows and obviously was in a massive amount of depression. And he says, well, I'm all alone. Mm -hmm. God says, I'm the let, only one. Yeah, let, let, let me show you, buddy. Let me show you yeah. the truth here. And mm -hmm. Elijah was, was probably at his healthiest when, when Elisha was at his side. And we, I think we all need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and not only just other ministers, but um, gosh, I remember, you know, it was, I heard these words come out of my mouth and even out of, um, out of my youth minister's mouth. I remember hearing this, well, you know, it's just easy for, easier for me to just go do it than it is to invite somebody to do it with me. And so, man, I missed out on teaching opportunities and I missed out on the peace because I was stressing myself out by doing so many things. So, yeah, that's a real problem. Yeah. So we, we've actually did an episode, probably one of our most listened to episodes 
I know it has been over the last a year, year, year and a half, uh, was on the Lone Ranger Pastor. We'll try to put a link to that one back in here. But I do think that's probably one of our best episodes because I think it speaks to a heart of a, of a great problem that we see. And we see now in our present roles more than we've ever saw before. So mm-hmm. don't be a Lone Ranger Pastor. If you're listening to, th- to this today and you're not readily involved in the lives of other people doing ministry, find a way to correct that, find a way to remedy that. And uh, if you don't have a friend, we'll be your friend. So <laughs> reach out to us. We'd love, love to do that. So, you know, Trent, we, we think about those things. Then we mentioned it at the top of a podcast, the cultural shifts in our churches over the life of the podcast. It, it's not been a little. I mean, you know, we have the word monumental and it has been a monumental shift um, from the pre-COVID to the post-COVID world. Mm, yeah. Just think about over the last 2000 years that the the Christian church has been in existence. Uh, I think the speed of change has been so incrementally greater in the last four years than it has in any other period within church history. And I mean, gosh, if you study church history at all, you could look and see, oh yeah, I mean, it, what used to take hundreds of years to change. Think about Martin Luther and the change that he was trying to bring about at his lifetime. And it took years and years and years. And, and now literally we have seen massive changes and what is expected of churches and how um, we're going to talk about size of church and how that matters. All those things have changed so drastically fast now that it's hard to keep up. Yeah, and from a church perspective, I think, Trent, there's two things that really um, have been heightened um, what we have seen in our observations before the pre-COVID to the post-COVID. One of those is is that um, COVID exaggerated the health or lack of health in in the local church. I mean, that's probably the, the first one, you know, that we see now that churches that were not healthy going into COVID are really, really struggling on the backside of COVID. But the churches that went into COVID pretty healthy came out of it pretty healthy. And you could tell during COVID, those churches that were healthy were willing to take some some leaps of faith and try new things. And that really benefited them through the process. But now even afterwards, I think they're doing better. But those churches that were not doing well did not have a vision and passion for people um, we're not willing to take some leaps of faith and, and certainly weren't willing to try new things. And so that really, they they shut down, you know, a lot of churches shut down during COVID, but they they emotionally shut down too. They, they quit reaching out to people when that was a perfect opportunity to reach people. Yeah, we saw that uh, far, far too often. I know in different parts of the country, we see it, I see it. I'm among churches even around here where I'm where I'm at. Um, churches just kind of resisted everything and the people in turn have resisted them. But we've also seen, Trent, not only that, we've talked about the great resignation and all these kinds of things, but the uh, loss of pastoral leadership and ministry leadership in our churches has r- not only sped up, I feel like it's running like 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 a speed runner, you know, it's mm-hmm. like the flash going before us. All of a sudden, 
you just can't find pastors. You can't find you can't find church leaders. All of a sudden, there's a, the hugest leadership void I can imagine, and it's right in front of us. And we're all trying to scramble. How do we how do we stop this? How do we deal with this in the here and now? Yeah, and a couple of things I think happened that um, kind of led to this. Uh, you know, the, first of all, we quit preaching and. It, having an invitation that included um, someone being called. I don't know, you know, it's been a long time since I heard someone else preach about and offering an invitation to someone, are you feeling called by God to serve him vocationally? You know, you just don't hear those terms anymore. And so I think that's one thing. But then I think we, you mentioned the word leadership. And you. so you'd think if, if we have, I mean, for the last 20 years, Alan, we have had leadership conference after leadership conference after leadership conference. And so you would think, okay, so we should be doing great guns on people being called to ministry and being leaders. But that is not the case. So something must be missing. And I think that we've got caught up in leadership rather than discipleship. And so we have you know, been talking about leadership and including business models, but we have not discipled people like we should. Yeah, I think those are great insights. I think there's one more. We'll come to it um, in, in a few moments. But before we do, let's talk too about the local church and the role of the local church, because I think these things all kind of come back together as, you know, with all those shifts and the shortages and all these kinds of things, we lose sight of the reality of the importance of, of the local church. So, so Trent, when you're thinking back, this, this podcast has been a huge reminder for you of the importance of the local church as God's plan for reaching the world. Why is it that the local church means so much um, to you? Well, I, I think this is a big deal. And I, I wanted to make sure that we said this today because you and I both have pastored local churches. And the local church, I believe, is what God planned to reach out to people. It's not a denomination. It's a local church. Um, and so I feel like that we don't want to lose sight of the importance of a local church being involved. And, and so it's, it's not going to be your denomination that reaches people in your town. It's going to be you who have your hands and feet. You've got boots on the ground to be able to to hear from people, to listen to them and their needs, um, to help fill their needs when you see a need that's going on, um, to be there to hold people when they're hurting. I think the, the local church is the place that ministry takes place. Yeah, I guess the, what you're trying to say is we, we love the role that we're in. We, we are blessed to be in the role that we're in. Uh, but the greatest aspiration we can really have when God calls us really is to pastor a local church because that's where the biggest change and the biggest influence takes place. And don't sell your ministry short. Don't don't get caught up in the weeds that you forget the big picture of what God's doing in your life because the local church is really where, where it's all at. And you want mm -hmm. to know your people and your people want to know you. And I believe that people are looking for something to grab hold of today. 
And that is the local church. The local church should be the place where, where people are grabbing hold of to hear truth and to get to know Christ. So yeah. don't sell yourself yeah. short, Pastor. Your ministry matters. Yeah. And and so, you know, we're talking about things we've learned over the last four years. And I, that's just been reinforced to me again and again. You know, even through COVID, um, it was the local church that was the one who helped um, their towns to, to go through some tough things. And, and the fear, helping people deal with fear, you know, that that's the place. And so um, I, I just think it's an important thing for us to remember that we learned and was reemphasized. So a corollary to that is mm -hmm. that the love affair with the mega church is over. Now, this is not a statement that's anti-mega church. I, I don't want anyone who, if you belong to a mega church, that's that's great. You go where God leads you. But there was this idea for a long time that, well, if you were a true church or a successful church, you became a mega church. And that if you didn't, then you never would. And I think that that's all off now. You know, it wasn't during the time of COVID. Everyone did not go and watch the biggest churches podcast. They watched their local church one. Um, people have actually flocked back into community churches that are in their neighborhood. The neighborhood church has grown stronger as a result of some of these things. So what we're saying is mega church, big church, medium church, small church, micro church, whatever, whatever the size church. They, they're all kind of on an equal playing field as far as their importance and their place in our culture today. Well, yes, each one of them has its own own place and its own ministry. I mean, you think about a, a town that has 2,000 people. Well, if you're a, a local church that's running 200, gosh, you're, re you're reaching 10% of your whole town. That's amazing. That's awesome. And so a mega church in, in Dallas-Fort Worth that's you know reaching several thousand well they might aspire to reach 10 percent of their community you know and so uh it, it's it's a different ball game and what you said alan about a the perception that a successful church will turn into a mega church i think that bled over and it's part of the reason for the pastor shortage too that um, there was this expectation that, oh, in seminary, I want to go be part of a megachurch. You know, well, there's very few of those around. And the majority of churches across the country run 200 or less. Um, and so, you know, there was this expectation that a guy, a young man would come out of seminary and then he would go and be on a megachurch staff. And that's just not going to happen. Yeah, and what we're finding is the megachurches are doing a great job of training up another generation of leaders. Mm -hmm. And some of those leaders are, are hesitant to step out of that megachurch and into another scenario because it's intimidating. You know, I, I think it was the other way around years ago where oh, I don't know if I could step into a church and take on that much responsibility and that many people. I think the inverse has also become true where there's a lot of guys who maybe have a calling they maybe feel a pastoral calling but they're afraid to jump down into that church of 200 because they don't know how to do it if they don't have a staff under them and other people to do it and they the all the different hats that they wear that's intimidating and so i think that there's a i think there's kind of a sometimes a disconnect between the two and yet it's so important and i think one of the things that we're going to see going forward is I think we're going to see more partnerships. Um, 
locally between mega churches and the smaller churches in the area as we realize we're we're waging a war that is bigger than any of us and that we're not competitors you know you know the mega church isn't trying to take all your people and you know the small church isn't isn't sitting there looking down their nose at you because you have more resources it's the time to work together in this and i think there's a, a beautiful thing that can happen um, and it's starting to happen. I think we're seeing pockets of that. And so I'm encouraged by some of those things that I see. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, and I want to say thank you to those mega churches that are training up those uh, young folks to be leaders. Um, because, man, that's a, a thing that that is so needed. And a lot of times they're doing a better job. Somebody's going to crucify me for this. But I think they're doing a better job than some of our seminaries are doing. And so um, I, I appreciate the effort that they're putting into that. The, the other side of that is that you, you mentioned about going, you know, from a mega church into a smaller church. There is in the mega church setting, there's that insulation factor where you, you've got so many people that you are kind of insulated from every every decision, all those things that could happen. And so when you go to a small church and you're the it, you're the pastor, the janitor, the, you know, whatever, music leader, then you're not insulated. You're going to catch everything. And that's pretty intimidating. Yeah. And people need to be insulated if I ever have to lead the worship. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the love affair with the mega church culture is over. I think another thing we, we just thought really discovering is the role of the local pastor. You know, the local pastor can't just be that pulpiteer, that preacher, that it's so much more than that. But, you know, if we were to put it in general terms, you know, how would you put that, Trent? I mean, how do we need to identify the local pastor today? Well, you know, and we're talking about things that we've learned over the last four years or so. And thinking about this, it just reminds me that the honor level of a local, especially small church pastor, has not has not stayed the same that it used to in years past. Um, and so I believe that I've learned over the past four years that the local pastor needs to be lifted up. He needs to be a person who is honored, but not worshiped. And there's a difference. And sometimes there's a fine line. But you need to respect your local pastor and not worship them. That's so good. And that's true because one of the things we're seeing is we've seen a lot of pastors fall, but the that doesn't mean your pastor's falling. <laughs> right. But he needs your encouragement because a lot of times it's the it's the lack of um support um that oftentimes leads pastors into some some bad situations, some lonely places where they make bad decisions. And so, you know, encourage, equip, pray for your pastor, you know, pat them on the back, let them know that you value them. You're not always going to agree with them. Um, you're not going to agree with everyone all the time, but, but encourage them and, and be there for them. But also, you know, your pastor doesn't also needs to understand what's going on in their own lives that they need to be leading from a place of strength and not facing burnout. And you and I have can both speak into times in ministry in our lives where we were burned out, burning out, um, mm -hmm. flamed out, all those kinds of things. 
and pastoral health has really kind of taken a center stage today that we need to get pastors to a healthy place. It really has. And even more so in the last four years than it had prior to that um, by huge steps um, talking to um, I got to visit with several state convention leaders um, in different states uh, over the last couple of months, and all of them pointed out that they're adding uh, resources for local church and pat local pastor health, uh, and I think that is is it was so important. I mean, you know, and I think the stigma of of having a counselor in your life is going away. Um, I think, and I hope that pastors are seeing that there are people who do care about them and who are trying to give them resources, and most of the time for free, that can bless them and allow them to not only heal the hurt, but prepare for the future and do greater things. Yeah, so the role of the pastor has has really kind of undergone gone a change. And I think some of that goes back to, again, as the church becomes more of a neighborhood church, a community church, people want to feel close to their pastor. They want, they really do want to know their pastor. And I think it's because when you come to a time of pandemic, like we had, and you're locked up, you want to know who, who's calling on you and you want to know who you can go to. And I think it's a, and from that standpoint, it's a really good day to be a pastor. There's certainly a lot of challenges we face with the stigma um, from those who have fallen and, and done some awful things um, and used their place of influence and power to do that. Uh, but by and large, it is still a, a role that is highly respected, and we need to do everything we can do um, to uphold people's respect for what we do. And so be a person of integrity, but if you also recognize when you need help and get that help. Well, and I just want to add something here. If you're listening to this right now and you're a, not a pastor, but um, you have a pastor, will you do me a favor and just jot him a note? If, at the And that means more to write, handwrite a note these days than anything. But at the very least, send them a text and say, hey, I just want you to know I'm praying for you today. That means the world because sometimes you get all negative stuff and having somebody that's praying for you. That's a wonderful thing. And if you're listening and you're a pastor, but you've had a pastor in your past that blessed you, jot them a note, send them a text, something. Just let them know that you appreciate their influence in your life. You know, Trent, I had one of my pastors this past week just, just out of the blue um, text me and want, want me to know that they were praying for me. And mm. man, that just set the whole day. It just made a great day out of a challenging day. It is good when people care enough to check on you. And so, yes, that is a, a great thing um, you can do. So, Trent, we've talked about all these things that are going on. Let's think a little bit more about the people out there. We have seen an exodus. Our numbers, um, even though some churches actually grew through COVID, overall numbers are down. Attendance is down. Um, our world has become more, I, I guess the term is pre-Christian. So what do we need to do? What, what, what's going on here? This is a reality that we're dealing with. So what do we do with it? Well, Alan, you and I both, we, we talk to pastors all the time um, in the role that we have. And, and so 
what I hear again and again and again is we continue to blame things on COVID. Well, you know, before COVID, we had this, and now it's like, okay, I just want to tell everybody, every pastor out there, it's time to take off the grave mourning clothes and let's get real. Okay. They're not coming back. Let's let's don't get hung up in that. Let's let's get excited about the opportunities and the future. You know, reach out to those people who are not there like they were pre-Christians. Go after them and just like you would anybody else. But then if they don't come back, shake the dust off and go after other people. Don't let it stalemate your church. Let's get excited about the future again. Yeah, all the statistics say that people have gone away, but there also says that they're more open to spiritual conversations than they have been over the last 20 years. So there's a little bit of a disconnect there. They That means that they're asking questions. They're just not convinced that the church is answering the questions that they're asking. So we we need to be a little bit more mindful of those things. I would encourage all our pastors to get a little bit more versed in the, the field of apologetics, learn more about those things, because I think those 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 are going to be important topics that we're going to have to deal with going forward. Not that every Sunday is an apologetic, but that you are thinking apologetically in how you lead your church and, and teach them how, how to stand strong in their faith against just the barrage of attacks that continue to come um, through a culture that is distinctly lost. So anyway, those those are important matters for us to think about um, as we go forward, that the world is more and more pre-Christian. We're going to continue to hear that term. I don't think that term's going anywhere um, in the near future. So that that's kind of seven things that we've talked about, Trent, and things that we've realize we don't know as much as we thought lone pastor lone ranger pastors are far too common cultural shifts the local church as being the place of importance the love affair with the mega church is over um the role of the local pastor um the people not coming back there's one more thing we need to tell everyone because this is important too uh we have more to say don't we we sure do yeah, we're going to continue to record this because we still, Alan and I both have a heart for local pastors and the local church. And so that's why we do what we do. And um, we spend time with this. We we think through, you know, what things need to be said. Um, and so, yes, we have a lot more to say, and we hope that you will continue to listen. And we thank you um, for listening to the episodes that you've listened to. Uh, please go back if there's some Go back through our catalog of, of episodes and um, pick up some of those other ones. Share them. Please share them with other pastors. We'd love to see our next 200 um, double the amount of listeners that we've had over the first 200 because we probably have better things to say than we had uh, four years ago. We've certainly learning a lot, and it's because of people like you who take time to listen to the Enduring Churches podcast. We're excited about the next 200. Thanks for being a part of the Enduring Churches podcast. 